Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be continuing our 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming fantasy football season. And today's team is none other than the defending NFC champions, Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Now, I know the Eagles had, you know, kind of an eventful end to last season, um, playing in three postseason games and then losing in the Super Bowl to Kansas City, where, you know, they were kind of a player two away. And so um, they were also a very effective offense from both a real football standpoint and a fantasy football standpoint. So we're going to break it down here on the podcast today, tell you what we think about the Eagles offense heading into the 2023 season, kind of explain what happened in 2022, and kind of discuss where all of their players rank for the upcoming season and what you can expect from them. Now, if you are listening on audio or watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button. It shows me more support than you could ever know, and I really do appreciate it. Um, and if you were listening to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review on that platform. It really does help me out a lot. Now, I'm going to be discussing best ball, fantasy football, just a little bit here in this podcast because all of my... Um, you know, topics are going to cover both redraft, dynasty, and best ball football. So if you're interested in doing any best ball drafts and you have never used underdog fantasy to do best ball drafts before, if you make your first deposit on there, use my promo code mconley 88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. It's basically free money when you're getting it matched. Now, lastly, um, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. You will have access to my full fantasy football rankings for the 2023 season, which I am actively updating, and then the draft guide for the 2023 season, which I am working on updating. It's not finished yet, but I do have write-ups for most of the first three, four rounds so far, and it's updating every day. So if you head on over to the Patreon, pay $3 a month, you'll have access to both those, which are much cheaper than a lot of the other premium sites, and it's a lot cheaper than going out and buying a magazine, and they will both help you get ready for your fantasy football draft. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into the Eagles preview. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. <laughs> All right, so before we can talk about where the Eagles are headed in 2023, let's talk about what they did in 2022. So in 2022, the Eagles were a very effective offense. They were, they were one of the best teams in the league, so it makes sense they were one of the best offenses in the league. They were actually second in the league in total points, but they were actually third in points per game because of, you know, the whole canceled game with the Bills and the Bengals. So, you know, kind of a little bit of an anomaly there in the stat. Um, they were also very good in terms of total yards. Uh, they were fifth in rushing yards and ninth in passing yards. They were one of only two teams in the NFL that were top 10 in both of those categories. Now, they did so primarily running the football. They were sixth in the NFL in rush rate, meaning um, at all the teams in the NFL, they called run plays at the sixth highest rate. They were a very run-heavy team. Now, the reason why they were probably that much of a run-heavy team is because they spent more time with a lead last season than any other team in the NFL. When you're playing with a lead, you're able to you know kind of run the ball, control the clock, control the ball, and control the game. And, and that's what they did for the majority of the regular season. Now, they also have a new offensive coordinator heading into this season. Previous offensive coordinator Shane Steichen is headed to Indianapolis to be their head coach. And so Brian Johnson is the new Eagles offensive coordinator, but he was on staff last year. And Nick Sirianni, when he was hired, was an offensive guy. So I do not expect the scheme to change very much, but it is worth noting that they do have a new offensive coordinator next season. All right, so let's go ahead and kick things off by talking about the quarterback position. So Jalen Hurts was one of the breakout stars of the 2022 season from both a real football perspective and a fantasy football perspective. He finished as QB3 overall 
in fantasy last year, but he was actually QB1 in fantasy points per game when you look at the average kind of subtracting the few games that he missed. Now, he was one of the most consistent options at the quarterback position week in and week out. He had 11 weekly top five finishes and only two weeks outside the top 10 quarterbacks. In fact, he only had one start where he scored under 16 fantasy points, which was week 18 against the Giants. I can't remember if he played all of that game or not, but hey, it's a week 18 game that was meaningless for them, and that's the only time that he finished under 16 fantasy points. That's an incredibly high floor for a guy who was just an insane producer at the quarterback position last year. Now, what's even more impressive is that Hertz did all this without a really massive passing volume. He was 16th in total pass attempts last season, and the Eagles as a team were 23rd in terms of team pass attempts per game. So really, because they spent all that time with the lead and because they were so good at running the football, Hertz really didn't have as big of a passing volume as many of the other top 10 and certainly top five fantasy quarterbacks last season. So how was he able to get to those gaudy fantasy football totals? Well, he was able to do so because of his efficiency running the football. Jalen Hurts was first among all quarterbacks in carries, carries per game, red zone carries, and rushing touchdowns. He was fourth among all quarterbacks in rushing yards. You know, if you watch the Eagles over the course of the end of the regular season, the playoffs, you know, they had that little Jalen Hurts QB sneak that was like unstoppable on third and fourth and one and really unstoppable on the goal line. And so Jalen Hurts was able to get a lot of rushing touchdowns from that last season. So with Jalen Hurts, what you're getting is a fairly low passing volume, but a lot of efficiency and a lot of production because of his rushing volume, which even with the new offensive coordinator, I don't think is going to stop a whole lot. I think that's the strength of Jalen Hurts' game, and I think that he's going to continue to rack up fantasy points by running the football. Now, if you wanted kind of a better glimpse about Hurts' efficiency, he was third among all qualified quarterbacks in terms of yards per attempt. It doesn't get much better than that. So Jalen Hurts just incredibly efficient through the air. The run game giving him a lot of ways to total up fantasy points, right? So are there any downsides to Jalen Hurts last year? So, you know, the NFL is an evolving sport. You know, every time that there's somebody new that breaks out, there's going to be somebody on the other side who's trying to stop them and watching all the film that they can and drawing up all the diagrams that they can trying to stop that guy, right? So how can somebody dial something up to stop Jalen Hurts? Well, Jalen Hurts last year ranked 26th in pressured completion percentage, which is not great. So he was not great when he was pressured. Um, and he was much more effective as a passer against zone coverage than man coverage. Um, however, he did not see as much man coverage as zone coverage because the Eagles receivers were actually pretty effective at winning against man coverage. And also the Eagles offensive line is a very good offensive line. So he wasn't pressured a whole lot either, even though he did have a 26th ranking in pressure completion percentage. So really with Jalen Hurts, what teams might try to do, they might try to play more man coverage. They might try to dial up the pressure a little bit more. And, and I do think the Eagles schedule is a little bit more difficult this year than it was last year. So really what you're getting with Jalen Hurts is – you might see a little bit of regression to the mean. Maybe last season was a big-time breakout exception to the rules season for Jalen Hurts, but I still think that with his efficiency and with how much he's improving as a quarterback, along with what he does with his legs, piling up yards and touchdowns, I still think he's an elite fantasy quarterback option. Even if he does regress a little bit, he has a super high floor 
because of that rushing ability and because of his efficiency as a passer. And he has a really a high ceiling because what if next year the Eagles don't win every game and they're trailing and he has to throw the ball more and gets more passing volume. So I think he does possess a high ceiling because we could see more passing volume out of this Eagles offense. So at the end of the day, Jalen Hurts is my QB three heading in the next season, but he is in my top tier of quarterbacks. I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. It's Allen, Mahomes, and Hurts. And I just think that those three guys are in a tier all their own. And so I do think that Jalen Hurts does belong in that tier, and he is my quarterback three. If you're looking at best ball drafts right now, he's going in like the late second round, and I think that's about where his value should be. I think optimally, if you're drafting in best ball, you can kind of try to scoop Hurts and Devontae Smith at the two, three turn um, if that's something that you're interested in stacking. So I do really like Jalen Hurts heading into next season. So let's go ahead and flip on over to the running back position. So last season, with the Eagles being super effective at running the football, uh, Miles Sanders finished his RB15 overall and RB21 in fantasy points per game. Kenneth Gainwell finished his RB52 overall, RB58 in fantasy points per game. And then Boston Scott was RB75 in both of those categories. However, I do have one fun fact for you. Boston Scott scored in all three games last season against the New York Giants in both the regular season games and in the postseason game. Um, so if you're a DFS person, just, just fire up Boston Scott whenever they play the Giants. For whatever reason, he just seems to always find the end zone whenever they play the Giants. Now, if you want to kind of look at how they got to that ranking a little bit, right, and, and look at kind of the scope as a whole for what the Eagles running back position looked like, uh, the Eagles running backs last year were not really used as pass catchers. The Eagles targeted the running back position less than any other team in the NFL. Now, if you were to look at that and, and your counter argument would be, well, maybe they're just not good pass catchers. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that explanation. Miles Sanders isn't known as a pass-catching back. Boston Scott is not. Gainwell, I would think, would kind of fit the bill for a profile of a pass-catching back. But, you know, maybe they just weren't that good as pass-catching backs. Now, in terms of their weekly finishes... The Eagles running backs totaled eight top 20 weekly finishes last season, which is not really as much as you would expect from a team that runs the football as much as they do. However, there were three separate weeks where two Eagles running backs finished in the top 30 in the weekly finish, meaning that they gave you two starter caliber fantasy performances in the same week on three separate weeks last season. Now, here is kind of why those totals would be a little bit lower than you'd expect. The, the Eagles running backs totaled 18 touchdowns in the regular season last year. Jalen Hurts had 13 rushing touchdowns. So if you were to give those 13 Hurts rushing touchdowns to the Eagles running backs, there's no telling where they would have ranked um, in, from a fantasy production standpoint. But we do know that those Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns, they're not going anywhere. So that's something that even when we look ahead to this season, maybe it's not 13 next season, but Jalen Hurts rushing touchdowns, you know, vulturing them away from the running backs is something that is going to continue to happen. Now, the, also, the current running back depth chart for the Eagles looks a little bit different than it did last year. DeAndre Swift was acquired from Detroit, and he was running back 15 in fantasy points per game in Detroit last season. Rashad Penny was signed in free agency from Seattle, and in total the last two seasons, he averaged 11.6 fantasy points per game. They kept Kenneth Gainwell. They kept 
Boston Scott, and they also have Trey Sermon stashed on the roster as well. They acquired him from San Francisco, I believe, before the start of last season, but he did get injured, and he's supposed to be back this year. I don't expect the team to keep five running backs, so Sermon or Scott figure to be the odd man out, but but it does appear that DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny are going to be the head of that running back committee. Now, let's kind of break down how if those are going to be the two guys that are the primary guys in this committee, how can they get to fantasy point totals, right? So we mentioned that last year, DeAndre Swift was RB15 in fantasy points per game. Well, he achieved that last year with only a 41% snap share and only a 37% opportunity share in Detroit. He was a part of a committee and he pretty much was still running back 15 in fantasy points per game, right? Now, the reason why he did that is because he was very efficient with his touches. He ranked third in the league in fantasy points per opportunity, right? Like when he got the ball, he did something with it. However, if thinking about it from a fantasy point perspective, fantasy points per opportunity, you know, if you're in a PPR league, if that opportunity happens to be a catch, that's worth a point. If that opportunity happens to be worth a carry, that's worth nothing. So the fact that he leads in that stat or was third in that stat I should say is a sign that he did a lot of his damage catching the football which he did he had 70 total targets last season in Detroit now granted he did miss a few games so it was over five targets a game um, and then that's kind of a concern this year heading to Philadelphia though because last year the Eagles running backs all of them only totaled 61 targets all of last season so for DeAndre Swift to achieve those same totals He's either going to need to not be as part of a committee as he was in Detroit, or he's going to need the Eagles play calling to dial up some more pass plays to the running backs, or he's just not going to get to the same production that he had. Now, I really do like Rashad Penny also. I should mention that as well. Rashad Penny rates out as a very efficient runner from his time in Seattle. Uh, he breaks a lot of tackles. He is able to make a lot happen. He's also not a pass catching back. So I think that the pass catching back role is firmly entrenched to be DeAndre Swift. But I do think Rashad Penny has a lot of up, upside as primarily rusher. So the bottom line with the Eagles running back position is that they are a run heavy offense with a great offensive line. But they're kind of missing the fantasy cheat codes, right? They're not going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns. They're not going to get a lot of use in the passing game. Jalen Hurts is going to vulture some of those touchdowns. We don't project that they're going to have as much use in the passing game as a lot of other teams. And also, they're a full-blown running back committee. So really right now, the upside of all these running backs is capped as it stands unless this team shows a commitment to not running Jalen Hurts at the one-yard line or to using the running backs in the passing game or a commitment to one running back. Then that would totally change everything. But right now, that's simply not the case. So when they rank out, DeAndre Swift ranks as my running back 24. Penny is my running back 33. Gainwell is my running back 50. If you're looking at stacking any of these guys, I really like stacking DeAndre Swift with Jalen Hurts in best ball leagues right now because if Swift is doing a lot of damage, it's going to be through the passing game. And so I kind of think that there's a little bit of correlation there with Hurts. Um, and like I said, I think that Penny has a lot of upside. I, he's a little bit higher in my ranks than he is with a lot of other sites right now, just because I, I think that this Eagles offense with as much as they run the ball and as good as their offensive line is, I do think he has a lot of upside as a rusher. All right, so that does it for the running back position. So let's go ahead and flip on over and talk wide receiver. So last year, the Eagles targeted wide receivers at a higher rate than any other team in the NFL. 
That's impressive. And, and if you think about the previous stat, they didn't target running backs a whole lot. And we're going to hear more about why they didn't target tight ends a whole lot here in just a second. So it makes sense on why that number is what it is. Now, A.J. Brown was acquired in the offseason last year from the Tennessee Titans, and he had his best season ever of, well, of his career, I should say, so far. Um, you know, obviously he's got a long career to go, but he had the best season of his career last year in Philly in his first year. He finished as wide receiver six overall and wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game. And he did so on for an offense that didn't pass the ball a whole lot. AJ Brown still got a lot of volume. He ranked eighth in the NFL with a 29% target share last season. He had 146 total targets. However, he only caught 88 passes. He actually didn't rate out in terms of like catchable target rate, meaning that there were a lot of balls that were thrown his way that were not catchable or, or just not smart, good passes. So I do think there's a little bit of room improvement there for A.J. Brown, actually. And when you look at the advanced metrics, he also excels against man coverage. When teams ran man against Philly, Brown was the one that usually beat his man or was able to make a contested catch, um, you know, in a tight window. And one thing I do think is worth noting, when you look at the stat expected fantasy points per game, meaning if you were to look at a little bit of touchdown regression and kind of just um, – normalizing the target distributions a little bit in terms of the area of the field um, and the quality of passer throwing it to him. He did finish 14th in expected fantasy points per game. Um, so maybe he had a little bit of a lucky season last year, and maybe you could expect a little bit of regression in that regard. Now, Devontae Smith also had a great season in Philadelphia. Devontae Smith, notably Jalen Hurts' teammate when the two of them were at Alabama. Now, Devontae Smith ranked as wide receiver nine overall and wide receiver 14 in fantasy points per game last year. Now, in the NFL, among all wide receiver twos for their team, Devontae Smith ranked first with 136 targets. And that means that he had a 27% target share in the Eagles offense. So between A.J. Brown's 29% target share and Devontae Smith's 27% target share, that is 56% right there of the entire Eagles target share just in those two wide receivers. Now, interestingly enough, even though he had a smaller target share, Devontae Smith actually had more receptions than A.J. Brown last season. He ended with 95. Um, like A.J. Brown, though, you could expect a little bit of regression from him because Smith was only wide receiver 24 in expected fantasy points per game. And he had a 90.4 catchable, or 90.4% catchable target rate, which was a full 18% higher than A.J. Brown, like we mentioned. So Devontae Smith, between the two of them, might be the one who's in line for a little bit more regression. It's also worth noting when it comes to Devontae Smith that he did a lot of his damage when Dallas Goddard was injured around the middle to end of last season. Um, and so when, if Dallas Goddard's going to be back of a part of this offense and DeAndre Swift's going to be a part of this passing game, I do think that does mean a little bit less targets for Devontae Smith specifically, because A.J. Brown is still going to be the guy that commands the highest target share, still going to be the guy that excels against man coverage. Now, last year, let's talk about the effectiveness of stacking A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith together. So last year, they kind of canceled each other out more than a lot of people would like to admit. They totaled eight weekly top 10 finishes between the two of them, and they totaled nine weekly finishes outside the top 30 between the two of them. There were only six weeks last season where they both finished as top 20 wide receivers. It occurred once in week three, and then for weeks 13 through 17, which, surprise, surprise, 
were weeks that Dallas Goddard missed. Well, I believe he was back for week 17, but most of them were weeks where Dallas Goddard missed. So the bottom line is this. If you're playing DFS, if you're playing best ball and you're thinking of stacking A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith together, they just don't get there together very often unless the Eagles offense just goes crazy like it did in week three or if you get an injury to somebody like Dallas Goddard somewhere down the stretch. Now, I really haven't brought up any other Eagles receivers to this point because they really weren't that relevant last season. Only one other Eagle receiver recorded a weekly finish in the top 30 last season, which is Quez Watkins in week two. So something that I'm going to try to remember as I play DFS this year, if you're looking to stack the Eagles offense, you don't want to get two receivers. You want to pick Brown or Smith, hope that you pick the right one, and then pair it with Goddard or pair it with a running back because two Eagles receivers just simply don't get there very often from a fantasy perspective. So the bottom line for the Eagles wide receiver position, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are dependable fantasy players with solid enough volume to finish inside the top 10 wide receivers, but with both of them being present and Dallas Goddard being present and the Eagles being a fairly low pass volume, neither possess a wide receiver one overall upside. So A.J. Brown comes into next season as my wide receiver nine and Devontae Smith comes into next season as my wide receiver 13. Smith ranks second among all wide receivers who are second on their um. Um, respective depth charts. So he's my second wide receiver too, uh, I guess is the best way you could put it. All right, now let's go ahead and talk some tight ends real quick. So Dallas Goddard is going to be Philly's tight end heading into next season. He finished his tight end 12 overall and tight end five in fantasy points per game last season in only 12 games played. Now, in each of the last three seasons, Goddard has finished his tight end five, tight end eight, and tight end nine in fantasy points per game, but he's never really played a full season, and so he's actually never finished a full season above tight end eight at the end of season rankings. Now, Goddard, though, he does get a decent volume. He ranked seventh among all tight ends last season in target share and third in snap share last season, meaning when he was healthy, he was on the field and he was on the field quite a bit. So the bottom line when it comes to the Eagles tight ends, I really don't think any of them besides Dallas Goddard are really relevant, but Dallas Goddard himself is a solid, if unspectacular option at the tight end position who will surely finish inside the top tight ends at the end of the season if he remains healthy. However, with the Eagles being a low passing volume team with the presence of two elite receivers, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, he does not possess the same tight end one overall upside as some of the tight ends that he is being drafted near. So to me, Goddard is my tight end seven heading into the 2023 season. Um, he's behind... Um, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson, I think are the three givens. I also have him behind Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts, and George Kittle as well. Um, so Goddard does come in there as my tight end seven overall. Um, if you're playing best ball, I think he's a great stacking option with Jalen Hurts. Like I said, when it comes to the Eagles offense, Generally, two receivers don't get there. Generally, it's Hurts, one receiver, and then maybe Goddard or maybe a running back. So I do think he's a great stacking option if you end up drafting Jalen Hurts in best ball. All right, so that does it for the Philadelphia Eagles 2023 fantasy football team preview. 
hopefully gave you guys a lot of information here on this episode that is going to help you be a better drafter, that is going to help you know how and when to draft these Philadelphia Eagles, whether you're playing redraft, dynasty, or best ball leagues. Now, if you're watching on YouTube and you really like what you just heard, please hit the like button. Please hit that subscribe button. It shows me much more support than you could ever know. Really helps the videos get noticed. Really helps me out, and I really do appreciate it when you do so. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, please rate and review. Again, really helps me out more than you could ever know. Really helps the podcast get noticed, and I really do appreciate it. Remember, head on over to Underdog or Patreon if you are interested in those offers. Links are in the description on the YouTube video, so check those out if you need it. And we're going to be continuing the rest of the NFC East here on these previews as the week goes on. So if you hit that subscribe button, you'll be notified when those episodes drops. Um, and then after the NFC East, we're going to go back to the AFC, but I don't know which division yet. I'll have to plan that one out. But anyway, the next three videos are going to be the Cowboys, Giants, and Washington Command. So if you're subscribed, you'll be notified when those episodes drop. All right, so hopefully I was able to help you guys out. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.